Hello, hello, folks. This is the Strange Tonic Podcast. We appreciate you tuning into it. A big shout out and thank you to our friends, as always, Panastral, Panastral.com, Panastral on iTunes, Panastral on Bandcamp, Panastral on SoundCloud, Panastral wherever you find your digital downloads. Just do it. And I'm excited to also announce that if you are in the Denver area this weekend, Pan Astral is playing a live show at the Lost Lake in Denver this Saturday, February 3rd. So get out there and check them out. Just do it. You'll be glad that you did because just, I mean, you've heard their music. It's fantastic. We're glad to have them. We're just so thankful that they're providing music. And once again, on this particular track, we are, this particular recording, excuse me, we are using their song Animal off of their most recent, for now, you know, knock on wood, album, Suburban Blues. Check them out. Panastral.com, Panastral on iTunes, Panastral on SoundCloud, Panastral on Bandcamp. And check them out again this weekend. If you're in Denver, Panastral at Lost Lake. Just do it. Thank you, Pan Astral. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To clarify from the sort of disjointed, uh, kind of odd, <laughs> I guess you could say, explanation I give of the 2006 Duke lacrosse sexual scandal, whatever. Um, what I'm referring to is the 30 for 30 uh, film entitled Fantastic Lies in which they talk to Mostly the parents, but some law enforcement, but they just kind of review some old film. And it was a very unfortunate situation where um, a town that was very much divided along racial lines was subjected to a district attorney who was seeking permanent election, permanent uh, appointment to his job and didn't really seem to care much about the investigation. And so you have some young men on the Duke lacrosse team who were victimized. A coach who lost his job. And you also have a, unfortunately, the victim, not even victim, but the accuser, who was, throughout her life, victimized by parents, spouses, whatever. Just a victim of abuse who suffers from mental illness, and other, amongst other things. And now is also serving time for second-degree murder of, at the time, her boyfriend. So it's, yes, I'm sorry. It's a sort of sad film, but it's worth watching if you are not familiar with how that Duke lacrosse you know, rape sexual assault scandal shaked out. I, I do recommend it. I don't know if it's on ESPN anymore, but check it out. Again, uh, Fantastic Lies, ESPN's 30 for 30. Uh, check it out. Please do. From there, I wanted to just mention that this is a bit of a long podcast episode, but I think it's one of our best. We recorded it last night. It's, right now it's the 31st of January. Yesterday was January 30th. And I'm going to try and keep these going because I think sometimes our best conversations are when we're talking about what is in the news at the moment. So with that being said, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. And just do it up. And of course, Chuck a Thanks, guys. Enjoy. 
state of the Union. 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 I just. It's I, a word we get from <laughs> from Norweg or Nambia. It's Scotch for. Kofefe. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I yeah. <laughs> totally knew going into it, and I, did, I haven't watched it, but I'm, here's what mm -hmm. I'm guessing, because I know some of the things that happened, because I was scrolling on Twitter for a bit. Sure. But beforehand, it was, he's going to call for theme of bipartisanship and you know togetherness, but he doesn't understand what that is. So my guess is any sort of calls for bipartisanship or unity were going, we're in charge, do what we say, otherwise you're not being bipartisan. It's like, no. That's not how it works. Plus, you guys were so super on board with being bipartisan and not intransigent, intransigent when you guys were the minority. So, yeah, that's mm. totally how that worked. Interesting. Interesting <laughs> guesses, Noel. <laughs> I did see that he you know, was macking again on some uh, beautiful clean coal, which, again, he doesn't know what that is. Clean and coal. I think he talked about the beautiful people in our energy industry, which, you know, limited yeah. vocabulary, so... Beautiful is going to be everything. <laughs> and that he did call for a investment in our nuclear infrastructure in order to encourage uh, deterrence and stuff like that. And as mostly Republicans who are kind of nuclear arms experts are pointing out, that would take <laughs> decades plus well over a trillion dollars. So, you know, I don't know where he pulls this shit out of. Oh, I did see too that he... Oh, well, yes, you do know. He pulls it out of his ass <laughs> it's or Stephen Miller's ass. I, I, that's what I was going to say. Like... Even Fox News doesn't like go as far as like some of the weird shit he says. Yeah, it's you're right. It's it's Stephen Miller's brain, which is uh, I wonder if his brain is trying to leave his head as fast as his hair is. But um, <laughs> that could be <laughs> because it did. His hair at least started to make a mass exodus when he was about seventeen years old. So his brain, why wouldn't it be trying to like ooze out of his ears? Did you see those clips of him, or the clip from him? in high school complaining about why he has to pick up after himself because they pay janitors to do it. It's like, what? yes, I have seen that clip. What? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I've, I've seen like maybe, maybe one, I either saw it or I heard about it. I can't remember. It's hard to keep all the bullshit straight sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Him complaining about um, his uh, Latino uh, students, mm -hmm. his Speaking fellow. Because why yeah. should he be subjected to that? Cause yeah, that... it's, and it, you know, the big, the big, uh, the big rumor in the liberal circles is that he got dumped by a beautiful Latina woman, <laughs> a beautiful Latina girl in high school. And maybe that's why he's so hateful. <laughs> and I've also seen hurt. that it's, and not to put down anyone who's in like the sex industry or anything but that it's highly likely that the only if, if he has done things with a woman it's been most likely for money because mm. he's just vile and there's just that's why i've been so heartened by this movement on social media to keep calling him president miller because that seemed to really piss <laughs> off trump when people were calling bannon president sure. bannon i'm oh, in charge not yeah. this guy yeah let's just keep doing that i mean this is sure. with Stephen Miller. This is a guy that, when he was at Duke, wrote a for his op-ed column, which I think was Miller Time. Which good job, Duke. Really? Are mm -hmm. you serious? Oh. Uh, well, yes. like anything, like you know, right-wing talk radio, Fox News, shock jocks. If you're controversial, it sells. So if it increases mm -hmm. circulation, and I think this even happened at UNC sometimes, where they would not the North Carolina school, since we're talking about Duke. No, but, no, no, uh, no, yeah, yeah, make, let's make this clear. University of Northern <laughs> Colorado, I remember they used to have occasional, like, poli-sci editorial, like, poli-sci major do editorials that were just wantonly 
right wing and just not really well thought out. But people want to, you know, yell at mm. the radio, yell at the paper, whatever it is. So at the time, because mm-hmm. he's he's all about Lola and them lives, he wrote a thing not necessarily standing up for the Duke lacrosse players who were accused of sexual assault, but basically condemning people that were calling were against them. And in this one case, he kind of ended up being right where the DA, although not necessarily driven by like any sort of actual liberal or conservative bias, just kind of wanted to get elected, re-elected, because he was, I think, appointed, conducted a very shoddy investigation, kind of railroaded these kids, and eventually came out that, oh, have you seen this story? No, I don't think so. So, yes, these lacrosse players did call a couple strippers over to their house, but you know, they didn't do anything, and it turns out that the woman that accused them had a history of mental illness, and the cops were kind of just like basically just showing them pictures of Duke lacrosse players and going, so this was one of them, right? This is one of them, um, right? So I think there was like a guy that wasn't even actually there was like, oh, I got a, I got indicted for this. But anyways, yeah, Steve Miller was on the right side of history, but not really because he didn't care about the truth. He cared about politics. And yeah, I didn't, I'll, I'd be interested to actually watch the State of the Union, Unum, Unum, Unum? Unum. But Yum. I'm pretty sure it's just... All the same crap, him taking victory laps or things he hasn't done, taking credit for stuff that he didn't do, and, you know, just the classic bullshit. Well, you have some very interesting predictions, <laughs> Noel. So, I, you know, I won't be a spoil sport, and I will just let you watch it on your own. I don't even know if I want to And then we watch. can discuss later. <laughs> it's just, it's all the same shit. And then the, the same responses of, this is when he became president. no. Just because he doesn't, you know, say shithole during a you know, national address, like, that doesn't <laughs> God, make him I would love it if he did. I would love it so much if he would do something like that. On Twitter, The Daily Show, they already had a poll. Is he, like, presidential-ish or presidential-gasm <laughs> or presidential-est? I mean, I just, it was great. <laughs> so people are already talking about, is this the presidential moment of Donald J. Trump? No. It's like, what it's, are we? Why are we still having the same fucking conversations about that? Everybody's been talking about that. Like, oh, this is—he finally became presidential, or he finally said something that was not super inappropriate or racist. And you know, why? Why are we giving kudos to this man? That's just like this horrible human being that act. You know, a broken clock is right yes. twice a day. Why are we giving him credit for being just a basic, like, decent human being once every year? <laughs> You know, <laughs> especially when, as far as the presidential thing discussion. goes, he himself actually gave up on the presidential thing during the campaign. It was, you know, when the time comes, I'll be more presidential than you know, you'll, you know than anybody ever. And then they you know, kind of went. Your Trump impression <laughs> is getting better by the day, Noel. <laughs> okay. um, I think some of it, and it's not because it's even a good Trump impression, but I watched because it's available on YouTube. Uh, anyone who's interested. It's like the, I think it's the cartoon president, and they show the first episode, and it's on Showtime, and I believe Trump is voiced by Stephen Colbert. So I think my oh, Trump God. there was the Stephen Colbert version of Colbert Trump. Colbert version, yes, <laughs> <That's> fantastic. <laughs> I definitely see the uh, the lineage there, yes. but it's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, he just at a certain point, I think especially when they. You know, everyone thought the election was lost. The whole Trump being Trump thing was born again. And I think he's never really turned back. It's, yeah, he might occasionally, if he gets in front of a microphone and has been having a bad week, might, you know, not say something dumb and just kind of stand there and 
either stammer or just Brenda doesn't hear the question. He's having a bad week and yeah. may not say something dumb. <laughs> so, what, what, did you actually say this? What about Stormy Daniels? Mm, uh, mm, mm, uh, mm, and then just wait. Fake news. The... <laughs> uh, fake news. Fake news. Which... Speaking of fake news, <laughs> let's dive into one of our topics that you suggested for this week, which was conspiracies. I did, which it's funny. We had the like exact same thought for a segue because I didn't send <laughs> this link to you because I wanted to read certain parts from it. But there was. Oh, okay. I, I I'm, was... I'm intrigued. Okay. It's an opinion piece off of the Daily Beast uh, blog, and it's by, I don't know what they're calling him anymore, because basically anti-Trump conservatives are either, like, actual conservatives, for those of us that aren't Trump people, or <laughs> are you know, some sort of conservative apostates to Fox News fans. So it says Rick Wilson, and this is titled, Trump Turns GOP into a Conspiracy of Dunces. And I loved mm. this, uh, this is from, I believe, the, it's from the... Third or fourth paragraph. Last week, the ridiculous memo crafted by Fredo Nunes, Nunez, don't call him Nunes, Republican from Clown <laughs> Show, and his staffers, is that you, Ezra Cohen Watnick, was the subject of hyperventilating conspiracy theories across right-wing media, while breathless Republicans like Matt Gates, and that's probably his name, Republican, the narcissist of Fox News, raced for the, for the cameras, screaming that this is a, quote, worse than Watergate, unquote, bombshell, this field's steaming shit heap of lies, cherry-picked outreach, outrage bait for the Fox uh, boob was, <laughs> and, the, and crayon scribble was full of tells that it was all Trump and little truth. And that's totally what this, this memo is that they're apparently now releasing. It's just full of innuendo uh -huh. and stuff that, well, what about this kind of stuff? But what I really wanted to get into here <clears throat> is this idea of the deep state, or mm. in another way... I was listening to NPR on uh, Sunday evening, and they were just talking about conspiracies, in particular with Trump, okay. and how his supporters go out of their way to say that any sort of, you know, any investigation into Trump is a conspiracy. It's the deep state. It's, everyone's out to get him. Like, this Russia thing is all crap. It's just the deep state trying to dethrone Trump because they, you know, they're afraid of the great things he's going to do. Because, you know, that's, that's always fun. Kind of the same thing where Obama was always playing the long game to kill off America. Yeah. And on, so on the flip side, whenever Trump does something or says something or you know, is him, so just you know, stupid, it's always, oh, no, he's just playing the media. No, no, he's, you know, this is the long game. Like, he's doing this for fun because eventually he's going to wrap everybody up and you know they're going to think that, oh, he's so stupid. And eventually he's just going to go, ha ha, pull the trap. And everyone's going to get caught up in it because they thought he was dumb. And where I'm kind of going with this <laughs> is conspiracy theories in general tend to appeal to not just like kind of dunces, as Wilson says, but I mean, I think probably all of us occasionally are like, I almost believe in that conspiracy. Like when, something, when it's something you don't want to believe, it's probably fairly obvious. When it's not so much that government does something dumb, it's not usually a conspiracy, it's that they're just incompetent. For as much as people keep always wanting to point out, like, well, look what Lindsey Graham said. Lindsey Graham is not very, he, he might be smart, but he's not the most articulate or even, like, well-thought-out politician. He, he's certainly not the most consistent politician no. either, which makes it a little bit trickier. <laughs> so a lot of times, it's I guess it's kind of ironic that people think when politicians do something, I think it was, Wilson points it out too. No, it was somebody else. 
that a lot of people on Capitol Hill seem to think that they're actually in House of Cards mm, when yeah. they might like to be, but they know little about House of Cards or, you know, the television show House or Cards for that matter. It's just kind <laughs> of, it's a big shit show in a lot of ways. Conspiracies in general are shit. And there's almost, because we're all human and there is no deep state. Also, if, as we've talked about before, this is a authoritarian talking point that happens all the time where in order to yeah. purge the government of anyone who resists you just say they're a part of some sort of vast conspiracy, conspiracy. to stop you right and conspiracies work as a mechanism in a lot of different ways and one of them you, you kind of already pointed out is that when the truth just seems so unsatisfying and so disappointing it's almost easier to believe that there's some wilder or crazier explanation for it and i i think that's something people latch on to a lot um and i mean sure there can be like some conspiracies to like cover tracks mm -hmm. or you know to to make something look like it's something else um but you know a vast majority of conspiracy theories out there are just a way to to i don't know try and make up for the disappointing facts of life i think Yes. And... Uh, which I think is why there's so many conspiracy theories that, that came out. Like a, a very sad example of that was like the shooting in Las Vegas last mm -hmm. year. And, you know, media um, or just even the proliferation of uh, phones with video capabilities, like it really perpetuated this fast this fast idea that there were multiple shooters or that they were out to kill the Saudi prince who happened to also be there there weekend, you know, like there's all these mm -hmm. different things because the truth of the fact of the matter being, it's like, well, it was this like older white guy with a whole bunch of guns and a whole bunch of money. And he was a, like a constant gambler. Uh, he just shot up this, this, yeah, he just shot up this concert. Okay. Well, why did he do that? Well, we'll never really understand it because he's dead and he was psychologically unbalanced, mm -hmm. or at least it seems that may have been the case. So we'll never know what the reason is. Well, no, that's not good enough. Why Why would this happen otherwise? So you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, sometimes the explanations of life are so unsatisfactory, it's easier to, to believe a conspiracy. And that's, uh, I've, actually, that goes back to stuff I've read, goes back to like the JFK assassination, which is... Right, exactly. When that's we another go, good example. You know, how could these things happen? You know, it can't just be that one guy woke up one day and was like, hmm, I want to feel important today. So I got this job that overlooks where the president's going to drive down, and I have some training as a Marine, you know, sharpshooter, so I guess I'll just do that. Mm -hmm. and rather than people go, oh, that kind of makes sense. It's, no, there's no way this could have happened. Yeah, the Secret Service right. sort of fucked up, but, you know, there was a lot of weird stuff. But at the same time, it's if you read, like, everything, like, sequentially, it's like, oh, it's... Like anything, it's a. I'm not trying to use this in a uh, actual comedic term, but like a comedy of errors. Just yeah, it just happens sometimes, and that's happens with government too. Is oftentimes government is a is a wash with incompetence and groupthink. So when they do something dumb, might not be a conspiracy because they're trying to screw something up. It's because they actually screwed something up because right, just the dynamics of how humans work together. Uh-huh. And, and sometimes, like, at least with the uh, 
ongoing and impending investigation into the collusion with Russia for the 2016 presidential election and the Trump campaign is that, you know, you know, they keep saying, oh, there's no collusion. There's no conspiracy in that. It's the it's the FBI and the Democrats that are the, the real deep state and the real conspiracy. When, in fact, like if if it is going to play out the way that we think it is <laughs> or that it actually happened the way a lot of people believe is that. The people in Trump's campaign system and organization were so fucking stupid that they agreed to do something that was illegal. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, can that really be defined as a conspiracy? Mm, kind of, but not really, because they literally had no idea what they were doing. But the rule of law and lots of other things that um, are uh, kind of leading this investigation along uh, a year after the fact. That doesn't mean you get an out every time, but they're desperately trying to to point to different quote unquote conspiracies, the deep state and, you know, all of these other things that that may be pushing the investigation along uh, when it's really a distraction because the conspiracy that's actually under question by the FBI was a bunch of bumbling morons doing whatever it took to win an election. Mm-hmm. Not realizing what they were doing. Well, and it certainly doesn't help the fact that I believe it was Don Jr. had bragged about the family's company doing a lot of business with Russia, right? And sort of doing the wink, wink that we're you know selling real estate for three hundred percent the mar- like market rate, which usually means money laundering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you know, back to like the whole release the memo, release your goddamn tax returns because. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying this yes, is a conspiracy, a but this point. goes back to the either you're incompetent as far as how to operate, like not even like operate cooperate with investigation. This is how to like actually play the spin correctly. Because all right, you want to say you, you you have nothing to hide, release your tax returns, just do it. You want to say mm-hmm. you have nothing to hide, okay, or the, the you know the Russians have no influence on you, enact the like <laughs> enact the sanctions that Congress beyond overwhelmingly voted to pass and you signed into law yourself mr president do that mm-hmm. and then in, in a cooperative investigation that will take the optics and go okay i see and it pulls like it kind of pulls a lot of weight off of you politically and saying that well maybe there is a conspiracy here because trump has cooperated with every way he could and this is what a you know an innocent person would do as opposed to get mad that right. he's being investigated in the first place, try and tell Comey to drop the investigation into his a good man who he once called his friend, and then repeatedly ask for loyalty, say that he wouldn't be surprised if he asked uh, now, I guess, outgoing Deputy Director of the FBI, uh, McCabe, who he supported mm-hmm. the presidential election, but say he wouldn't be surprised if he actually asked the question. Yeah. It's like, no, you, know, you, you can't have it always. But then again, this is Trump, so. Right, yeah, because, uh, so you describing that, that the the uh, political and, uh, I mean, just generally, like, the public optics of participation or cooperation in an investigation, Benghazi. <laughs> now. <laughs> How many investigations have in there? <laughs> I, I think and I'm not Googling this right away. I'm just going off of memory, but I'm, I, I believe that Hillary Clinton was personally questioned nine times by Congress, Republican controlled majority held Congress 
nine times about the incident in Benghazi. And somehow no charges were ever brought up. No further investigation was ever done. And yet they still try to perpetuate the idea that the conspiracy is on Hillary Clinton's side in the State Department. That's something that they did. They're covering their tracks. They're doing something. And, you know, maybe they did fuck up. I don't know. Because the whole thing has been blown so far out of proportion in the sense that she was interrogated nine times, nine times by Congress. Now, if that's not cooperation, I don't know what is. No. And also, it should be noted that I just looked this up. This is off of uh, the newstatesman.com. Congressional Republicans investigated, or sorry, in 2012, there was a terrorist attack on U.S. government facility in post-Civil War Libya. Congressional Republicans respond by spending $7 million on 33 separate hearings over four years. 33 hearings. And found nothing. Had nothing to bring charges on. Nothing. Nope. Now that's a conspiracy. (laughs) <laughs> like in a different way. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not that's not deep state. That is bumbling incompetence. Mm-hmm. In a bunch politically of, exactly. Yeah. Just all po- politically motivated. That's a conspiracy. And those were like like with Trey Gowdy and whoever else. Those were all guys that were trying to make their political careers off of finding something that wasn't there to be found. Like to use the term, you know, squeezing uh, blood from a stone. It just was not going to happen. <laughs> Right, right. Because I mean, Hillary Clinton, she was like, she was like the small victory in that if they could have done anything in the State Department, because the real, the real big target was Obama. Mm-hmm. Always. Right. You know, the guy that's, yeah. when he, uh, I don't remember the exact, the exact outrage, but remember when he, Fox News went nuts because he wore a tan suit or when he oh, called. Oh, I do vaguely remember that. <laughs> the actions of a, I think it was a Cambridge police officer stupid for not allowing a mm. professor into his own home. And that was, mm-hmm. oh, he hates law enforcement. But here we are with uh, Trump actively trying to discredit the FBI and still goes in front of, I did see this, in front of the State of the Union and in front of the Congress and say, we must respect law enforcement. I'm doing Kennedy, I don't know why. And our military, it's like, no, you, guys, no, you, you have to respect law enforcement and the military that you know bow down to you, which I'm not saying that we're in an authoritarian regime now, but... The fact that Nunez and, hell, even uh, Paul Ryan doesn't seem to give a shit. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. No. Also, that was that was a good Kennedy, but it was also more like Mayor Quimby, which, of course, is based <laughs> off of Kennedy, but it was, it's like, true. a really, really good Quimby. I wonder if so, that was a slip because <laughs> I did read on uh, Twitter earlier today that a humorist I follow, his name was Drew McGarry, was putting that if uh, the Kennedy that's giving one of the one of their six Democratic rebuttals this evening, okay, he was saying he should totally do a Freddie Quimby like you know rich air <laughs> kind of response. <laughs> Say chowder, like just. Like, <laughs> uh, but oh, hold on, do it in that accent, but just regurgitate a bunch of like Bill Clinton quotes and just just see. <laughs> Just see how the firestorm ensues. Like oh, any random sentence Bill Clinton ever used, but do it in a Quimby voice. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> just back to the uh, Benghazi and like politicizing investigations for your own career thing. It should be noted too yes. that Robert Mueller doesn't go in front of cameras. He doesn't ever respond to attacks no. on himself. He just does his no. job. 
and that is to say it's politically motivated. He was retired. He doesn't care. He just wants to. As he I said, he doesn't give a shit. He wanted to be at home with his wife and yeah. his grandkids at this point. Like if, he agreed to do this, like out of out of patriotism <laughs> and just like voluntary duty. This has nothing to do with anything else. Well, and he has to keep pulling these threads because he's being shut down every direction he goes in. If they were to actually cooperate, right. yep. He'd probably be like, all right, as I said, tax returns released. I can see what business you do with Russia. Okay. Um, you were on, you actually answered my questions honestly as opposed to going, oh, I didn't know you are asking about that meeting. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, that meeting with that foreign person. I thought you meant just the ones from a different country. <laughs> and they're classic. I love how a lot of people who hate all things Clinton, Hillary, Bill, and the otherwise – and uh-huh. so talk about like oh, you know it, it was his, you know, his legalese and how he didn't recall things. Uh, Trump doesn't. Rec- Trump and Trump people don't recall anything ever, even when it's put no. directly in front of them. It's oh, I guess if if if, if that's what I said, that's what I said. Like what? I have the well, best memory then, ever. Well, even then, we have like recordings of that, and they yes. still try to deny it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> As we've said, we're never, ever going to run out of these talk. I want to stop talking about them just for like, you know, a night or two or a podcast or two, because we should, we'll really have to like try really hard to focus on that. So (laughs) maybe, maybe we'll be able to do that. (laughs) Let me see if I can, because I want to actually have you, because I know our, because this actually ties into sort of the, uh, uh, conspiracy theory here. Let me find a good site. Okay. We're going to go to was it Jezebel or was it Splinter? Uh, <laughs> because last week on his terrible television show which no, none of you should watch. No one should watch. It shouldn't be on television. Sean Hannity decided to try and say that uh, you know, a certain report about Trump was totally false and the New York Times was you know all sorts of crap. But then immediately had to cut back in and go, oops, because Fox News confirmed it. Oops. So, and this is, believe it or not, I'm gonna, the link I'm actually sending you right now okay. is from Red State. You know, Ooh, Eric like Erickson's. Of that. Well, it, well, that's just how bad it is that even Eric Erickson's occasional, because he still is an occasional Trump apologist, would okay. still put this up there. <laughs> I didn't know that that picture is pretty good. This thing wow. is loud enough for my laptop to come over the uh, microphone here. Where is it? Come on. Now, tonight, for example, they're trying to change the story. At this hour, the New York Times is trying to distract you. They have a story that Trump wanted Mueller fired sometime last June, and our sources, and I've checked in with many of them, they're not confirming that tonight. And the president's attorney dismissed the story and says, no, no comment, we're not going there. And how many times <laughs> has the New York Times and others gotten it wrong? All right, so we have sources tonight just confirming to Ed Henry that, yeah, maybe Donald Trump wanted to fire the special counsel for oh, conflict. Jesus. Does he not have the right to raise those questions? <laughs> you know, we'll deal with this tomorrow night. We have a shocking video of the day to bring it, by the way. This footage comes to us from Arizona where you see that red SUV, high-speed police chase, ultimately the suspect. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> What's I even... saw that video. Also, wait, wait. <laughs> It's like, oh, by the way, our own sources have confirmed that this is true. Uh, look at this. Look at this asshole crash into another car yeah. while it, trying to flee from 
police uh, arrest. Are you kidding me? Well, it's in a matter of seconds going from, you know, how many times have the New York Times gotten it wrong to, well, our sources confirm it too, but it doesn't really Look matter. At this car Who crash. gives a shit? And, exactly. Have you no. seen Anchorman 2? <laughs> no. They totally no, lampoon no. Fox News because they, like, just show live oh, car sure. chases and scream about random things in the news. I believe, like, their intro is a screaming eagle. So, like, when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is Anchorman uh... 2, but in real life. <laughs> and in real life. Let us not forget. Uh, also, I, let me see if I can go back. Because I thought I read something where, at, like, one of these, on the banner at one point, it says, like, most trusted. Because this is supposedly a, a news organization where... <laughs> Within a matter of seconds, as I said, a broadcaster who must go back all the time and say he's not a journalist, even though he just said, my sources say otherwise, uh-huh. which, what sources does he have? Don Jr. and Eric, maybe? No. no. <laughs> he just made him up. That's right. <laughs> but he, I'm not a journalist. You just said you have sources. I'm a broadcaster. Car wreck. <laughs> Look. Look over here. Look at the car wreck. A quote-unquote news network that apparently has no actual like editorial direction or like ombudsman or anything where a guy can just go on the air and spew from within a matter of a couple of seconds now this is complete yeah. bullshit too and eh, i guess this is true but who, who cares like what yeah <laughs> so my analysis is that sean hannity is a wanker <laughs> Which should never have been in dispute. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like it's like a scientific hypothesis where the uh, experiment just has to be replicated multiple times. <laughs> I'm I'm just adding to that body of research <laughs> that Sean Hannity is a wanker. He's, and this is prime time television too. Like, this yeah, isn't like a late night show, thing. like or like. Alex Jones doing his own thing, which, back conspiracies, Alex Jones has never apologized for accusing the government of being behind the Sandy Hook massacre. And this is, yeah. as Rick will... Another conspiracy. Yes. You know, yeah. Even, like, people who perpetuated the Pizzagate scandal are still yeah. making the rounds on Fox News and are still being quoted right. by, yeah. oftentimes, members of goddamn Congress. Like, right. As experts or something, yeah. So, um, I was at the gym last night, and I was I, I picked the treadmill that was, like, it was kind of in front of Fox News, so it's easier for me to read, you know, because it's just, like, bullshit, so I don't pay mm-hmm. attention to it. But on the next TV over, they were showing Return of the Jedi, so I was watching TV a little bit more than I normally do on the treadmill. So I happened to glance up, and I... I, I <laughs> I can't remember if it was Sean Hannity or somebody else, <laughs> but I I wasn't listening to it. I was listening to music, but just on the television, the little ribbon at the bottom was talking about the conspiracies of the quote unquote mainstream media <sighs> and the death tolls and the accounts of mass shootings in 2018 so far, which is it's still January and there's been... Have you heard this? Um, I, did, I saw the statistic, but I can't remember. And like, not, not only that, but like I can't actual, remember either. But the number of I just mean, school been, shootings was like what? Yeah, the? just the number of school. It, it's been several, and you know we're still in the first month of 2018, 
And this this last one that happened this week, like barely got any airtime, like even on even on the quote unquote liberal media channels, they barely got any discussion. Um, but anyways, I happened to glance up and they were talking about these statistics from the quote unquote mainstream media and about how they're wrong or exaggerated, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, you're on Fox News at prime time. Like it's 6 p.m. my time. 7 p.m. other place. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they are part of the mainstream media. Yep. They are part of it. And they just choose not to be because by stating that they are not mainstream makes them some kind of deferential uh, organization or somehow more credible. But just by absconding the title of mainstream, somehow all of their conspiracies that they, uh, you know, perpetuate have more validity to a lot of people. And I'm like, I just, I was, you know, I'm like <laughs> spewing <laughs> trying to run on the treadmill because I'm like, what the hell? You are part of mainstream media. You're this massive multi-million mm. dollar, if not billion dollar corporation all around the world. And you equate yourself as the alternative equivalent of MSNBC or NBC or CNN or whatever you want to call it. Or you just are news in general. Media. News in general. You are mainstream media. The problem is that your media perpetuates lies and conspiracies. Mm-hmm. But you are just as mainstream, unfortunately, as all of the other organizations that you deem yourself better than. And sometime in the late 90s, Ailes and Friends basically Roger said, Ailes and Friends. Um, yes. we're not actually a news organization. We're an entertainment company. Jesus Christ. To try and get out of like, hey. Uh, to he the actually point admitted that, it. Huh? Yes. Like, hey, you guys aren't really actually, you, know, you don't have journalistic standards. And he no. goes, fuck it, I don't give a shit. Um, and also to the point of, you know, we have to have the other side of the story. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I've talked about this so many times, and no, this isn't uh, a Tanahashi Coates thing, but uh, <laughs> the one oh, nation well, after you Trump. Oh, well, you know, I love it. Anytime you can interject Coates into the conversation. <laughs> this is the. Uh, <laughs> E.J. Dion, uh, Norman Ornstein, and Thomas Mann book, where they were talking about how for a long time, when, like, especially on, like, you know, typically, like, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, political talk shows, not talk shows, it shows, the host would have on a journalist who would talk about, you know, the stuff that they were reporting on, the inside stuff, stuff that was happening on mm-hmm. the Hill. And then at a certain point, the... Uh, you know, William F. Buckley Jr.'s of the world kept going, well, you have to have a conservative voice on there, thusly implying that these journalists were all leftists, which right, right. is not the case. Like, if someone's a journalist, they're, no. yes, they may not be totally objective, which, again, I always find that kind of funny where it's, well, they, they have a bias. Everyone has a goddamn bias, but journalism is journalism. They might have a bias, but they're still going to do the same things of, you know, getting more t- multiple sources and doing it the right way, where they get you know, if they have if they do have an anonymous source, they have to get X amount of other sources to confirm. It's right, at least at least yes. two, I think, two anonymous sources. And yes. they typically have at least one editor and usually an ombudsman who kind of jumps in and goes, "Okay, like I I think this passes muster." And yeah. so thereby putting on a conservative. These weren't conservative journalists, mind you. These were just conservative pundits as the counterbalance. And because 
they caved the the mainstream media caved to the right just therefore painted journalists themselves as liberal even though they weren't mm-hmm. never tested it was just cuz they're <laughs> it wasn't like they were bringing on a journalist who said i'm a conservative it was someone who was not it was notably not a journalist and someone that just was like oh i work for the you know for the, for the national review i work for this publication that publication and i'm a columnist that's completely yeah. different that would be like me saying i'm a journalist i am not a journalist so anything that you might see on our blog isn't sourced it's me usually kind of bullshitting or reading stuff and, and citing it like <laughs> Uh, it's oh just call it call it an opinion page don't exactly. sell yourself so short no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just you can you can uh, kind of question me on this or you know make your own argument but as far as like the whole concept of conservative journalism versus like liberal con- uh, journalism the way I've always thought about it is that and I might be wrong on this, but just in my, in my own mind is that those those different biases defined as either conservative or liberal has to do with maintaining the status quo versus questioning the status quo. And yeah, yeah that's that's just kind of the way I've thought of it. Like conservatism, meaning like, you know, limited government and all the, these other things, at least in politics, but like in, in journalism... It's about keeping things the way they have been for the last like two or three generations <laughs> in, in the sense that you don't want to undermine your government and patriotism is very important. And no, we got rid of racism when we signed the Civil Rights Act and uh, <laughs> sexism went away when, you know, uh, uh, Billy King like... <laughs> won the tennis match in the 70s, you know, some kind of bullshit about that. Whereas like liberal, liberal, uh, liberal and uh, liberal um, of things are more like, well, however, <laughs> there's all these other statistics and different things that might contradict those m- more comfortable social status quos. And I, w- I, I do wonder, at least as far as the interpretation of media, mainstream media, conservative media, whatever, has to do with, um, with the, the comfort or the um, destabilization uh. of our society as a whole, like the kinds of questions that a lot of liberal quote unquote liberal journalists brings up, uh, when it, when it is very much fact-based, uh, and uh, source based still pisses people off and makes them angry. Whereas since we're, we're kind of broadly speaking about, um, conspiracies, it has to do with, uh, those other things being made up to undermine our society as it is. A society in which it's heteronormative, uh, very you know, white privileged. You know, certain there are certain cultural identifiers that liberal, quote unquote, liberal media in not purposefully but often will question or undermine. Yes, I, I think I get what you're saying now. It's that oftentimes the conservative side is brought on to. You know, make sure that everyone's feelings aren't hurt. That, well, this is the way it all—it's—it's it's always been. And what's what's wrong with that? Yes, yes, yes. That—that's good. That's good. Um, as where you know when it's well, well, the Me Too movement's bad, right? Because uh, 
aren't men supposed to tell women what to do? I mean, oh shit. Uh, is, is that kind yeah, of... Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, that's... I, I think that's... Yeah, like, that's kind of what I'm getting at, is that um, all of these things that are supposed to, at least rhetorically, like, in a rhetoric sense, is supposed to be seen kind of hunky-dory. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a lot of journalism in the way that we think of the most um, integral and reliable or truth-based journalism, it is often going to undermine those things that we think are okay in our society. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's pointing a light at something it, we didn't necessarily know was wrong before. Well, and that we didn't want to know what was wrong <laughs> exactly. before because yeah, we thought we already fixed it like two decades ago or two generations ago. You know, it's like um, journalism... True investigative journalism, which is often romanticized, I will say mm-hmm. that because, yeah. like, even the, like uh, my parents, they talk about how all of the the media now is just so biased and horrible, and you know, Walter Cronkite was the only man you could trust in in his time. Walter Cronkite was pretty liberal mm-hmm. in the sense that he was questioning the U.S. government all of the time, yep. like the way he handled some things about the the uh, Vietnam War. Or even the Kennedy assassination, it was like, oh damn, Walter! Like <laughs> you, you were not just spewing whatever people wanted to hear. You were trying to express a different level of truth that they would not know about if you had not been talking about it. And I think that's what a lot of investigative journalism does in some ways: is that mm-hmm. it pisses people off, it makes them feel insecure, it makes them question the status quo and the normatives, and you know that's that's very very uncomfortable. And this is very, I guess, uh, I'm getting the word. I'm just tired. <laughs> You're fine. Um, Keep going. This is very relative or you know, poignant right now, which is the, you know, Woodward and Bernstein investigation into Watergate, you know, the whole deep throat uh-huh. source, all of that. Yeah. Because I've heard that before, which was, uh, well, the stuff that's happening now isn't journalism. They're just investigating guys for, like, saying the wrong thing or doing something that was just minor. Like, it was just, it was sort of wrong. You do realize that they were going, well, what happened here? And then investigating. That's how investigations work. That's how investigative journalism is supposed to work. And Mm -hmm. yes, Carl Bernstein is a self-identified Democrat. But Bob Woodward has been a Republican through and through since he was in the Navy in in his 20s. These were just journalists that were going, oh, we've got this thread. Let's pull at it. Let's make sure we follow our journalistic ethics and guidelines and see where it leads. And Mm -hmm. they helped pull down a presidency, which was, in Nixon's case, was just stupidly corrupt because he would have won that election handedly. Why the hell he felt the need to do that, which, as you point out, I don't know if this was one of the ones that was lost when I fucked up the uh, blog a while back, but with your your bringing back Nixon or... (laughs) The Futurama thing you referenced where it's like... Oh, my gosh. Because yes. Nixon How, was another guy Futurama? that was just yeah. just super... The only reason he really did this was because he was paranoid and always thought everyone was out to get him. Everyone's up for Tricky Dick Nixon. And thought, you know, whatever, the law right. doesn't matter for me because I'm the president. This is so just, this is such a relevant like, you know, kind of comparison right now where you know, that's what journalism is. If you If you don't like your side being investigated, then you're not into journalism. I feel like in the, you know, American revisionism slash, like, 
you know, general like white society denial that when you talk to someone who doesn't want to admit that you know, racial inequality exists and there's what such thing as white privilege, especially you know white male privilege, that well, we abolish slavery. Oh, well, they got the Civil Rights Amendment. I feel like those are like things that they can point to, however ignorantly that they you know, that they do. But I yeah. don't feel like that there's like a seminal point in uh, you know, the movement towards in feminism or like anything like that, where you can point to it and go, you guys got this, like if, apart from like women's suffrage, what else can you point to where you can even try and make an argument that like everything's fine now? I, right. <laughs> I can't think of anything. No. No. You know, the, the legal grand gestures which are then thwarted they by the fact that people keep voting against laws that would you know, sort of require, well, at least government employees, for women to make the same amount as their male counterparts. Yeah. Like, those keep going down because of, unfortunately, Republicans, I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> I don't understand how we can keep going, you know, things are fine because we, like, we've said things are equal. Like, but where... Where did you find this point in history where it was a clean slate? Because right. that makes no sense with the you know, with ending slavery. Yeah, clean slate, totally. And then with no, the civil there is, rights. <laughs> yeah, there is no tabula rasa with human history. If there are still people around, guess what? It's not a tabula rasa. And uh, think of um, if I'm if I'm going like too far off into the distance here that's fine Uh, just let me know but um you know something that came out within this last week and this might be a good segue into um the kind of celebrity equality movements we've seen over the last couple of months um but anyways it makes me think of um the story that came out i think last week if not the week before uh my girl jessica chastain right Mm -hmm. Um, she and her longtime friend and, and uh, co-star, Octavia Spencer, they were in The Help together uh, several years ago, which if you haven't seen it, it's a really wonderful film, and I think everybody should watch it. Um, but anyways, they were, they were having a discussion about the difference between um, men's salaries in Hollywood and female salaries in Hollywood and uh, what kind of came to the realization at least of Jessica Chastain who was a white woman and a very well respected white actress in Hollywood was that her counterpart her counterpart Octavia Spencer was being paid about a fifth one fifth Jesus of what she was making so if you can fathom the discrepancy between a male actor and a female actor actress like Jessica Chastain there's always a there's going to be a huge discrepancy there and then on top of that a a black actress like octavia spencer was making about a fifth of what jessica chastain was being offered for a film and so collaborative endeavor uh they made a, a a pact together that basically each actress's salary would be tied to the other and I thought that was really interesting. And it, that's something that there are so many, you know, like there are so many different layers to um, concepts of inequality. And in, uh, in the academic world, it's called intersectionality, where 
you know, your, your gender and your race overlap into a different experience. It's not just one. It's not just your race or your gender. It's both and, and how that can kind of change your experience in the world and your experience in the culture. And uh, I, I thought that was really kind of an interesting story and something to be, I don't know, like just considered and thought mm -hmm. upon, like we can raise each other up. And, you know, these two women who have very different life experiences, but I would say arguably have no lesser talents than each other. A white woman getting paid five times as much as her, her black female counterpart that's that's fucking crazy, isn't it? It is. Right? Right? And that is no different of a discrimination or um, injustice, I guess, um, than a, a man being paid far higher than his female co-star. Like, there's so many different layers to this. And I feel like that's something that's kind of coming out within the last year or so. That it's not it's not just a gender gap, but there's a there's a huge racial gap. And it's also layered upon gender they're not mutually exclusive all of the time no it's as much as we want to make things simple like oh it's you know oh what was it is it this or is it that like it's not binary it's yeah no there's, no there's always nuance to it and yeah what i find but nuance is difficult nuance pisses people off nuance is com is complicated and confusing people is, hate it exactly which is why people, people don't like it. journalists <laughs> because journalists yeah, exactly. have to delve into nuance um <laughs> But I just want to note, too, that what I find particularly, and this is, I don't want to sound, it's not callous, but from the, as a consumer, I often find times, I often find myself watching a movie and going, this male lead sucks. And more often than not, mm. be like, this female lead's much better. And then knowing that <laughs> the male lead is likely taking up more, it's like, just because, well, not only because awful like just perpetual motion crap where the male lead will get more roles therefore can command more mm. even though they're not necessarily as good because this guy makes extra amount of dollars well he must be good as mm. where you know their female counterparts like well they make about as much as this other one so whatever just pay them the same like no no that's not how it works like obviously <laughs> find the right actor for each role but, you know, be open to, you know, obviously, whatever background, because diversity is always a good thing. But mm -hmm. let's not ever go, no, all films have to be carried by men. And I don't want to, this is not a film, it's a television show. I don't want to ruin it, but. Okay. Have you, I know we talked about this before. Have you watched uh, Netflix original Godless? No, I want to, though. It's really good, but at a uh -huh. certain point. There's a scene where the women are just repelling a just vicious siege on their town. Uh-huh. And doing a great job of it. Like you've got two mm -hmm. heroines atop a building with rifles just you know, doing just great sharpshooting, just taking care of these awful men that are attacking their town. Right. And then the two, you know, ultimate heroes of the show which are both men, show up and save oh. the day. And it's hmm. like, really, did it, did it have to go here? Like, 
It's like, oh, this is sort of progressive, and now we went away from it. Like, uh, this. Scene... I might, I might watch it in a different <laughs> okay. perspective then, because it's a. I the whole show is very that. good, but like, it's like the, sure. the scene didn't need it to wrap it up this way. Yes, it wrapped up some plot lines, but you're like, so, uh... um, just as as a question for my ignorance of the show and the plot, obviously, is that. Is that a consequence of the time in which the story takes place? Or do you think it's a consequence of the time in which we live now? I would say both. Um, okay. The, it's a, the reason why the women are left to fend for themselves is a plot line thing, which I don't want to get into because mm. I don't want to get too much away because I've already given a lot away. Sure, but sure, I sure. But I feel yeah. like, you know, in the Western... As a Western television series, it felt like it could only go so far with, um, I can't remember this actress's name. I think she was in Nurse Jackie, not, not Edie Falco. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch the show. I just, I, from her filmography. And then also, uh, she's done a bunch of like Law and Order. I think she's fairly like kind of an East Coast kind of actress. Okay. And she put on a bit of weight for the role. But okay. like she does a great job, and so like it the whole the whole time she's a badass too. So it's it's not like, oh like I'm a woman that's stepping up. It's no, I'm I was here the whole time. I'm doing this. So yeah, I just feel like the show felt like it had to either whether it was have the men save the day, or just they had these two great characters that they had to get in this battle at some point. Like I don't. I don't know which one it was, but it was still kind of a letdown. There's so many good parts about <laughs> the women in the series. There's so many good parts about it. Like the characters, are like they're funny, they're complex. Yeah. Do you want to do the Grammys at all, or because I didn't watch the Grammys, I don't know if you I, did. I didn't either. I have very little to say about okay. them. So. The only thing I read was just a headline that was, and I don't know much about. I, I read about the lawsuit and sort of what happened, but not much of the artist herself, but that the music industry was very ready to celebrate Kesha, but not to okay. recognize what the music industry itself had done to ruin her soul. Which So that might be uh... one for a different podcast, and it's like, I don't know much well, about it. And it could be like it really could be. I don't. I honestly don't know much about it. And I know her performance was so, supposed to be some kind of like Catharsis. big feminist, yeah. yeah, like a big feminist statement or catharsis or some kind of like I don't know revenge almost. But yeah. I don't know. I I guess what what that storyline made me think of, and I'm not gonna really explain this very intelligently, but it made me think of um, uh, Pink, her song mm, that came yes. out. I don't know, like the the song where she sings about how you were trying to change me, and I'm not like that, and it's you know all about trying to make her like a Britney Spears kind of person, and you know, I'm not perfect, and so Kish's storyline made me think of that, where it's like, yeah, that's messed up, and you're in this industry that's really controlled and contrived, mm -hmm. and uh, you have no power, and yeah, it made me think of that. 
it just very unfortunately. Well, yeah, the whole thing seems just very cynical, where yeah. the industry held her back because of how it was set up. Like, was the producer's name Doctor Luke or whatnot? Is I believe a judge found that he did not only just you know sexually abusive, but you know used yeah. his power to control her career in such a way. Right. And her career has been set back, and so now the music industry is like, "Hey, look, we got a comeback story," but they're not grappling with the fact that. It was that very right. industry that held her back. It's like, yeah, yeah, and that, that's yeah, like, like the the whole imagery, um, certain in you know industry expectations or mm-hmm. you know I I don't know. It's it it just like the things that happened to her are severely messed up and yeah. wrong. And for the music industry to think that they are of not of any blame is a bit naive and really, really like self-protective yeah. because the industry, such as it is, has has been perpetuating those types of behaviors mm-hmm. in in the entire modern era of music that we can think of. Like basically post World War II, since the 1950s, that's the kind of bullshit that they put up with and maybe not directly encouraged, but they certainly didn't say anything against it. No, and I don't know that much about Kesha, but like I feel like from what I've read that this like her relationship with this producer stems back to like her late teens. Right. To when yeah. she was not really anything. And so like not only did he use like his position of power, like she's definitely older than she is, to get what he wanted out of her sexually, but then he used that to control her career when it started taking off. Right. And for the music industry to, like, eventually shun him and go, oh, this isn't how we operate. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, fuck off. Like, we, we know this is pretty rampant. Yeah. Not only amongst producers and the music industry producers and men with power where these kind of unfortunate, not unfortunate, but terrible power vacuums are created. I can't think of the word. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a good word for it. <laughs> if nothing else. Uh, I don't know. Should... Yeah, but so the Grammys, I did like the White Roses thing. Very, very reflective of, of the Golden Globes, black outfits and the time Time's Up pins. And I, I think any type of uh, stance... Mm-hmm. is is better than no stance and uh i know i know there's a big backlash or a lot of people who myself included i can be very judgmental of it like um some of the things we were talking about there with the media industries and hollywood and music uh not quite living up to the uh ideals that they perpetuate or say that they mm-hmm. believe in um i don't know i think i think uh right now in the time in which we live <laughs> it's it's good to make some kind of statement made mm-hmm. better than not making a statement at all so um i didn't watch the grammys and i didn't watch any of their performances but 
you know, I looked at some of the media uh, articles or um, uh, like I love fashion blogs. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but so uh, <laughs> but I did like I, I, I very much appreciated and respected a lot of uh, participants and attendees of the Grammys wearing the white rose, which is a like even like even like on a sensory basis was a really nice juxtaposition to the Golden Globes black mm, garbs. Yes. <laughs> it, so it, you know they're they're still uh you know a lot of people's trying to support the same cause without making it look too repetitive, which I think is kind of a clever marketing uh, avenue to take. Because we are such a, a, a visual-based society anymore, you know, that, like, I, I think all of the black garbs at the Golden Globes is a statement. But then the white garbs, I think, was at the SAG Awards? Yes. I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. So white garbs at the SAG Awards was a nice juxtaposition to the same support of a particular philosophy or cause. And now with the Grammys... You know, the Grammys, uh, generally celebrities and artists were very, you know, unique <laughs> outfits anyways. But then the White Rose is like a, a bustier or is uh, uh, some kind of, uh, you know, just extra extra piece of their outfit. I thought that was nice. So I kind, I kind of want this thing to keep going. I really mm. do. And oh, yeah. I, I look forward to, like, the Oscars because of all of the, you know, self-congratulatory <laughs> uh, <laughs> award shows out there. The Oscars are one of the biggest. And so I do look forward to see what kind of uh, representation the Time's Up movement or just any type of uh, racial inequality or feminist uh, inequality uh, organization has for the Oscars in a couple of weeks. I look forward to it. I know oh. this is a lot of people <laughs> off, but I look forward to it. I enjoy it quite a bit. Well, I think as long as what has happened so far is, yeah, there's been some attempt by the industries or industries for that matter to try and co-opt the movement. But yeah. as you said, the artists have really led the way. And as long as they continue to do so, I think it'll be fantastic. I, I don't think any steam will be you know, let down. I think it'll kind of keep happening that way so i look forward to that too even though i didn't watch the grammys won't watch <laughs> the oscars i just it's i don't usually watch award shows and oh, yeah fair enough <laughs> also so even for the yeah. <laughs> golden globes i watched all of the red carpet shit and then i watched the award ceremonies long enough to see that katrina bell from outlander did not win the golden uh. globe and then i quit watching so <laughs> i mean it really is I, I don't know. I like to think of myself as a feminist and an intellectual oh, and no, no, no. all of the all of the things, but you know, my girl did not win the award, so I could watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well on that uh podcast that you turned me on to the uh The House Always Wins with the you know, reference to Steve Wynn and you know, yet another uh, Republican in high school you know, yeah. <laughs> in high places that's uh, Oh my having, gosh. Having so good. With, the uh, weeds the weeds, <laughs> yep. guys. I don't get paid. I wish I did. If I could work her as a client, I would in a fucking heartbeat. But the Vo Vox is, yeah, such a good podcast. The Weeds. Listen up. Well, this Listen one, up. This one was actually to love it or leave it because what I was actually going here. <gasps> oh, no. Did I really just the, do no, that? No, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Uh, because <laughs> I wanted to not only point out that 
Well, I can kind of. I mean, I'm not nearly <laughs> clever enough to ever get hired by the Crooked Media Company. Not that this is a downgrade to Vox. Um, I'll send you my resume. I don't mean that as a slight in any sense, but yeah, I, those are those are my two biggest media outlets. Noel are Vox and Crooked Media. So, I sort of I wanted to bring this up for two reasons. First, I wanted to point out okay that um, I can actually pronounce her name now. It's Ijioma Alawu who did writer's name who I can never yeah, girl, pronounce her name. It. Yes. And on oh, that same so podcast, she, like, she's kind of talking about this idea that you know feminists and you know <laughs> women in particular can't be into you know makeup, fashion, whatever. It's like it's it's still their interest. Like it's like saying you can't be a feminist as a man and still like. I don't know, like, whatever manly things are, like, watching sports. Um, <laughs> so, like, I wanted to bring that up. But, and here is a terrible, awful segue, because I wanted to bring up another thing that I have no plans of watching this weekend, and that is the Super Bowl. Woo, 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 so, woo, 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 woo. do you have, what, do you, are you planning on watching it? Uh, and or do I... you have any predictions as to, like, what you think is going to happen? So, I have an answer for all of those questions. Okay. <laughs> Number one, I am not planning to watch it. <laughs> Number two, I think the Patriots are going to win. Number three, <laughs> I think the real winner of the Super Bowl is going to be Justin Timberlake. <laughs> so... Because his last performance and appearance at a Super Bowl was so riddled with uh, disappointment and controversy. Yeah, I remember that. I was in college. This like, one's what, gonna... what just happened? I <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was in high school. It was like WTF. I don't even have the words for this. Yeah. Why is the TV screen black? What the hell's going on? I... What's happening? <laughs> oh, he looks confused, but only like bad actor confused. Okay, thanks, JT. So those are... <laughs> So I, I'll probably watch it. Uh, I enjoy football quite a bit. I can be very judgmental about it, but <laughs> I do I do enjoy football. I'm I'm sure I'll watch a good segment of the game, but I really do feel like the Patriots are probably going to win. And uh, you know, not because I'm a Patriots fan mm-hmm. by any means. <laughs> I know by any means, like looked. I, I grew up as a Denver Broncos fan. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I am not saying I am not rooting for the Patriots. I'm rooting for the opposite, but just I don't An know. Objective the, opinion, yes. I... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm fairly certain the Patriots are gonna win. Fortunate, unfortunate, whatever. That's my prediction. But the 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 only thing if I'm watching the football game <laughs> I'm gonna be pay, paying attention to is a halftime show with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> because as we all remember, America, mm-hmm. it was like a turning point in our cultural history when uh he pulled the cup off of Janet Jackson's boob and her nipple piercing popped out. So I I'm interested I'm interested <laughs> to see how he's gonna come back from that performance. Uh. And uh <laughs> so I think I get another ring, but I think the real winner is gonna be Justin Timberlake. That's my guess. 
So I would agree with you on all three of those fronts. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I would like to point out, though, that I can't think of, and mind you, this is coming from someone who is a Green Bay Packers fan, oh. of two more loathsome fan bases yeah. in a Super Bowl because I think New England will win, and I sort of want Philly to win because they actually haven't won an actual Super Bowl. They've won... NFL titles, but it was before the Super Bowl era. But I kind of don't want either franchise to win because of their fan bases. Other than that, whatever. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl, all that stuff. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just I didn't watch last year's Super Bowl either. I am a I used to be a bigger football fan than I am now. I I played football. I I I even now write about football. I do a blog. Yeah. Actually, a podcast during the season about football. I just don't care to watch it. Like, I've cared less and less as the years have gone along, especially since it's not teams I care about. I watched the full Broncos Super Bowl where they got blown out by the Seahawks and was not mad. It was just kind of like, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. And (laughs) I'm. I'm not sure if you have anything or not, because we should probably start wrapping this up, because sure, I'm getting sure. tired. But do you want to do a, a good thing of the week or the weekend? Yes. So I had a couple of ideas, and you can cut one or both or okay. whatever if you want. Um, the first thing, when I thought of the good thing of the week, my first immediate immediate thought was California Representative Ted Luz. Tweet. Mm. <laughs> he does about the Nunez well. memo. Oh my gosh, it was so good. I was shocked. I'm I'm new to the Lou mm-hmm. um readership. <laughs> but he said I the Nunez memo, I can't talk about it. However, here's an analogy. <laughs> Remember Geraldo Rivera and the infamous yep. mystery of Al Capone's vaults? It's like I know that. nothing. <laughs> but Geraldo Rivera has more integrity. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, oh my God, I couldn't believe that was even posted by a member of Congress. It was so fucking brilliant. It was so good. So that's my, that's my first good thing of the week. Okay. The other thing that might be a nice alternative, and this is, you know, a little more, um, down home or personal or whatever me and my family we love watching british murder mysteries Mm -hmm. and based off of a recommendation from my friend miranda who is in scotland right now and i'm super jealous and super stoked that she gets to be in scotland right now she recommended the show grandchester so good Hmm. yeah it's like uh in the 50s and it's about a a police officer and a, uh, I guess, priest. I'm not sure. He's in the. He's a, a leader of the Anglican Church. So I don't know if priest is the right title because I'm an American. But anyways, it's a great murder mystery show and it's awesome. We're loving it. Those I'll are my check two good things of the week. Yeah, it's 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 quite excellent. So, um, mine's gonna be a little personal here, but. I kind of feel okay. like it's uh, worth mentioning because you know, I'm glad I did it. Plus, if if people haven't done it, uh, I <laughs> went in for a physical for the first time in almost seven years. And I, I, right off the bat, was like, I work a stressful job. 
Um, yeah. I'm overweight. I don't work out as much as I should. I haven't been eating well. And I have a history of hypertension and blood pressure and high blood pressure in my family. So I brought okay. that up right away. Like, this is a concern I have. Immediately. Yeah. Yes. And yes, my as they said, my blood pressure was on the higher side of what I'd like to see it for a 34-year-old sure. man. Which, you know, I was not surprised. Like, that was what I was pretty sure was going to happen. But it was was a good visit and it was kind of nice because went down all those these things and you know they asked me if i'm a smoker and i said i've smoked i can count the amount of cigarettes i've smoked on one hand okay and like but like i up until maybe about five six years ago i did smoke maybe two cigars a year and so they kind of laughed and it was she was like oh so this is put down non-smoker like that's probably right yeah and so just apart from that, I think if any of you – and I have really good insurance, so this was free. I got some <laughs> low-level, uh, like, kind of basic high blood pressure medication, which I took it last night. And today I felt just so much just relaxed, like, more than they do. Like, I don't usually feel oh. relaxed during the day. So, like, yeah. it's like, oh, this is nice. And, like, you can kind yeah. of feel like your heart beats slower. I'm like, okay. And then I this convinced me to – Seriously, take a look at what I eat and got you know sure. low sodium foods, and so I'm I'm stoked for that, and also Good. you know just all that stuff. And so yeah, if you're like myself and you haven't gone in for a while, and you've got good insurance, hopefully go in, ha- make it happen. It's it's worth your time. But to cap it off, I did enjoy this part. I haven't had a flu shot since I was 19. Oh. And they're like, do you want one? I was like, because I don't want to be a hypocrite who always talks about, you know, herd mentality <laughs> and you should get vaccinations, all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll get one. And I also, yeah. uh, I hadn't had like a, whatever the tetanus one is. I hadn't had that in a number of years either. Okay. And the nurse rolls up my sleeve for the first shot and asks, oh, are you afraid of needles? <laughs> and I thought she was joking. Because okay. I have six sets of you tattoos. You have a lot of yes. tattoos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I said, oh, yeah. And so, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh. I start laughing. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm not I'm at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did enjoy that part oh, of it. So it's <laughs> like, what? No. <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs>